Welcome to the Let's Get Cyclical podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Viola, a certified nutrition coach and fertility awareness method educator. Today we'll be talking about a topic that is very near and dear to my heart, and it is all about what could be making you so exhausted all the time, how it's connected to your hormones, and how to start supporting your body today to improve your energy. All right, so this is a topic that is really appropriate as I am recording this episode at 35 weeks pregnant and man, that third trimester fatigue is hitting. And I know that this is a topic that all of you really resonate with as well because when I asked on Instagram, what are some podcast topics that you want to see, this uh, by and large was the winner of the first topic that you want to see. So let's dive in. I am going to be talking about a couple of different factors that could be contributing to why you have low energy. So we're going to talk through those four factors first. This episode is going to have a lot of what I like to call checklists. I do this with my clients. I do this in my group coaching programs. It's basically looking at various symptoms associated with different issues and you can then take this information and bring it to your doctor and if you resonate with something specifically that i mentioned remember this is not medical advice this is just meant to be educational and informational so whatever you resonate with please please make sure that you speak with your specific health and medical provider okay so The very first thing that I want to talk about that could be contributing to your fatigue is all about your metabolism. So our metabolism is basically how our body utilizes food as fuel and how we have energy throughout the day. So if we are undernourishing our body, everything is going to slow down. Our metabolism is going to slow down to conserve energy and in doing so, that can lead to us not feeling so great. So I'm gonna start with our first checklist, which is signs of having a sluggish metabolism. So the first one is just that you have poor sleep quality or you feel tired even after a full night's sleep. And in that same vein of sleep, not staying asleep throughout the night is also a big sign that your metabolism could need some support. And so it's okay to wake up once and go pee, but if you are waking up more than once, if you are tossing and turning, if you are having a hard time staying asleep and you know falling back asleep after getting up to go to the bathroom, that is a sign that your body needs a little more support. The next one is persistent bloating. After that, we have dry, brittle nails and skin, low energy as a whole, like if you wish, if you would just describe yourself as having low energy, always thinking about food or on the flip side, not really having an appetite at all, low sex drive, thinning hair or hair loss. And again, that also can be like if your hair has been changing. So if you notice that your hair is now dry and brittle, that is a sign that you have a, some sluggish metabolism issues going on. Difficulty losing weight or on the flip side, gaining weight easily. And then the last one is PMS and period pain. So if any of those items from that checklist resonate with you, absolutely bring this up with your healthcare provider and have that conversation as to you know what could be going on. What are these outside factors that are affecting your metabolism? And so that's what I wanna get into next. So what are some things that can make your metabolism 
either function optimally or be a little bit sluggish. So the first one is chronic dieting or undereating. And this is huge for me. This is really how I got into working with women's health and hormone health in general. When I first started my nutrition coaching, I was really focusing on health, helping female athletes at my CrossFit gym. So a lot of body composition, a lot of fat loss goals, muscle building goals. And one of the biggest things I was noticing was that all of the women I was working with were under eating and feeling exhausted and not really making gains. And that really drove me to want to look into, okay, well, like, how does this all impact women specifically? Why is it so important for us to be nourishing ourselves and eating enough food? And it really does come down to hormone health. So when we are chronically under eating, when we are chronically dieting, basically we're putting stress on our body. So when we fast for too long, when we eat low carb, that is specifically putting stress on our body. When we are giving our body less fuel, we have less energy that's going to lead to that metabolism slowing down to conserve energy, like I said a little bit earlier. The next thing that can impact our metabolism is just nutrient deficiencies in general. So if you are not getting a very well-rounded diet of a good variety of animal proteins, a good variety of fruits and vegetables and nuts and seeds and complex carbs, that can be giving your body or I should say that is leaving gaps really for your body to thrive. So we wanna make sure that we are having as much variety as possible when it comes to those nutrient dense foods. Over exercising and then on the flip side, a lack of movement can also cause our metabolism to adjust. So constant stress, this one I feel like I'm gonna talk about in every single section today, but basically when our body is in fight or flight mode, our body has to deal with putting out those fires first. That is the main priority. So it can't focus on taking care of itself from all these other different aspects. And then lastly, I mentioned a lot of sleep symptoms when it comes to having a sluggish metabolism, but this is a vicious cycle. Poor sleep leads to issues with our circadian rhythm, which then leads to issues with our metabolism. And really when it comes to hormone health, metabolism is the root. So that is why I wanted to talk about that one first and why I wanted to go with those symptoms first, because a lot of the time by making a couple tweaks and really starting to support our metabolic health, we can see huge improvements to our energy levels, to the way we feel, to our PMS and our period pain, all of those things. All right, up next, I am going to move into talking about thyroid function. I'm not gonna do a total deep dive on this. Again, I am not a doctor, so if you resonate with anything that I mentioned in this thyroid section, please make sure that you go to your doctor and get some blood work and get that checked out because it really does impact a lot of women. Thyroid issues, specifically hypothyroidism, sluggish thyroid, affects much many more women than men. Okay, so what does the thyroid do? You've probably heard it talked about if you're in the hormone health, women's health space, but maybe you don't really know why it's important, why it really matters. So our thyroid has a lot of jobs in our body and mainly it has to do with our energy production. So it is responsible for regulating things like our heart rate, our blood pressure, our body temperature, but then it also impacts things like our weight, our fertility, um, our menstruation, our skin tone, sleep, 
memory, and even digestion. And so basically when we are too stressed or we are depleting our body through a sluggish metabolism, it will then affect our thyroid. And so from that stress standpoint, when our cortisol levels rise, it has a direct effect on the thyroid where the production of thyroid stimulating hormone will decrease in proportion to the increase in cortisol. And so that's going to then decrease the conversion of T4 to T3, which is the inactive to the active form of thyroid hormone. And essentially it gets all of these markers out of whack. So this is why it's really important to stay on top of this stuff. And when you do get yearly blood work, make sure you're having that conversation with your doctor. Are you checking my thyroid? One thing that is very common is that doctors will usually only test TSH, which is that thyroid stimulating hormone, but that unfortunately does not give the full picture. So if you are dealing with any of the symptoms I'm about to mention, please make sure you ask your doctor and advocate and say, can I please have a full thyroid panel to make sure that I'm testing for all of these markers. All right, so how should you know if you should get your thyroid checked? The first is that you are dealing with fatigue. And I like to describe this as like exhaustion. Like if you are to the point where you come home from work and all you wanna do is lay on the couch, or you could sleep 10, 11, 12 hours a night and still feel tired, that is a very big red flag to get your thyroid checked out. The next one is that you always feel cold. So specifically your extremities, your hands, your feet, your nose. Or if you are someone who takes your BBT because you track FAM and you use that as one of your biomarkers, having a low BBT, so in the 96s, can actually be indicative of low thyroid function. If you're someone who deals with bloating and or constipation, brittle hair and nails, hair loss, unexplained weight gain or difficulty losing weight, brain fog or memory issues, and then lastly, period problems, but specifically infertility. Thyroid issues are directly connected to our chances of getting pregnant. So if you are someone who has been trying to get pregnant and you're struggling to get pregnant, absolutely make sure you get your thyroid checked and have that conversation with your doctor. So something you're probably noticing is that the sluggish metabolism and the sluggish thyroid symptoms sound very similar. It's because those two really work in tandem. So when our body is not getting enough fuel or it's too stressed out and everything starts to slow down from that metabolism standpoint, things are also going to be affected from the thyroid standpoint. So definitely make sure you are you know, having those conversations with your doctor about those two things. All right, we are gonna move right into chronic stress and cortisol and how that can be impacting our fatigue and making us feel exhausted. So cortisol is our stress hormone and it's, it's a good thing, right? We need this hormone to come in and help us in our flight, fight or flight stage. But the problem is that we all live in this hustle and grind culture where we are constantly putting ourselves into a fight or flight stage. So we end up getting this chronic and constant surge of cortisol, whereas cortisol should really only be released for the short term so that it can come in, it can handle the stressor, and then we should go back to that rest and digest stage. But when we are dealing with these constant surges of cortisol, it's eventually going to lead to cortisol production to, to bottom out or to become too low. And that is when you've hit burnout. So I want to go over two different 
checklists. The first one is if you have high cortisol. So if your body is just constantly stressed, you're constantly producing these surges of cortisol, you are likely to feel tired and wired. So basically what that means is when it's nighttime, we should be feeling tired. That's how our normal cortisol pattern should be throughout the day. But when we have these issues with our cortisol production, instead of starting to feel tired at night, we get this like wired second burst of energy. So if that sounds like you, that is a big sign of having this imbalanced cortisol. Anxiety and irritability, those two are very much connected to high cortisol cravings. And then noticing that you have increased belly fat or an inability to gain muscle. So let's say you are working out, you are hitting the gym, and you're not seeing muscle growth. That could be connected to too much cortisol. And then on the flip side of things, low cortisol. So maybe you weren't really aware <laughs> of that high cortisol stage, and then you're now at this point of burnout where your body is not able to produce enough cortisol. This looks like you have a hard time waking up in the morning. This looks like having low energy and really needing to rely on caffeine to get yourself through the day. Brain fog and lowered stress tolerance. So lowered stress tolerance is basically that simple things, simple things that you were able to handle, you were able to tackle, now stress you out. You really can't be dealing with that stress. And then lastly, a low mood. So same thing as the other two, if you are dealing with either those high cortisol symptoms or those low cortisol symptoms, absolutely make sure that you reach out and have these conversations with your doctor. Okay, and so the last one that I'm gonna talk about is not necessarily a medical condition or something that needs to be optimized in our body, right? So the first three all have to do with things that we could be improving so that our body can function more optimally. This last thing is something that just happens cyclically, and that is our energy changes throughout our cycle, specifically in our luteal phase. So just as a quick review, in the follicular phase, which is the first half of our cycle, that is when estrogen is the dominant hormone. And estrogen is really our feel-good hormone. We have energy, we're more social, we're more outgoing. The second half of the cycle, after ovulation has occurred, progesterone is the dominant hormone and progesterone is our keep calm hormone which is a good thing we need that we can't be feeling high all the time we need something to balance us out and progesterone helps with that however because progesterone is our keep calm hormone it also can make us feel a little bit more tired and a little bit more sluggish and so i want to read a quote from a study on progesterone and how it actually affects our mental ability, our cognition, and our energy levels. So basically this study had to do with progesterone and mental rotation tasks. So basically just having people, you know, do certain cognitive tasks. And the quote is, females in the luteal phase were significantly slower, not only than men, but also than females in their follicular phase. An increase in subjective fatigue ratings was positively related to, to progesterone level. At higher progesterone levels, females felt more tired. So while this is just one study, I, I liked it because I felt that it really explained how this hormone can be impacting our energy levels. And so my challenge to you 
is to really start honing in and paying attention to that. Do you really notice this shift? So you feel good in the first half of the cycle and then in the second half of the cycle, you feel a little bit more tired. One thing I will say though about the hormonal standpoint is while yes, we should feel differently and we will feel differently throughout the cycle, you should not be experiencing fatigue that really alters your daily life. If you are experiencing that, if you would describe yourself as being so tired that you can't do the things you love, you don't have the motivation to get off the couch, you just come home and you have to nap, that is definitely a bit of a red flag. So even though I'm saying we are going to feel more tired in our luteal phase, you still have to pay attention to what feels extreme. A little bit more tired to the point where maybe you just want to hang out on the couch and watch Netflix, that's fine. But tired to the point where you need caffeine to get you through your day, you literally can't keep your eyes open, that is definitely a cause for concern and a cause to get checked out and have that conversation. Okay, so... We talked about the four main contributors to what could be really making you feel so tired. From a metabolic standpoint, from a thyroid standpoint, a chronic stress and cortisol standpoint, and then that hormonal and cyclical standpoint. So what I wanna do now is I wanna give you guys some tips for what you can really do to start working on this because a lot of the clients that I work with, majority of the female clients that I work with, we are supporting all of these things, whether it's a, a metabolic issue, a thyroid issue, a stress issue, or just cycle syncing. So I'm happy to share some of my tips that I give to my clients with all of you. Okay, so the very first thing, and I feel like I need to shout this from the rooftops, literally get this tattooed on my forehead, but it is eating enough food to make sure that you're supporting your energy needs. I can't stress that enough. <laughs> so most women, whether it's because of diet culture or societal expectations, we absolutely have a tendency to undereat because in our minds, undereating and then really exercising a lot is going to help us change our bodies. And if we have any kind of body composition goal, you know, that's what we think is the priority. But from a metabolic standpoint, from a hormone health standpoint, that is not doing you any service and it's actually going to make you feel like crap and it's going to make you feel tired. So making sure that you are eating enough for your energy needs. If you need help with that, shoot me a DM on Instagram and we can chat, but there's a nice little free tool that you could use. It's called tdee.net, or sorry, excuse me, tdeecalculator.net. Basically what that is, is it's telling you your total daily energy expenditure. It's asking a couple simple questions, what's your age, what's your weight, your height, and then your activity level. And that's where you have to really be honest with yourself about how much are you exercising. It will then from there calculate how many calories your body is really burning per day when exercise is taken into account. And so it's calculating your basal metabolic rate and then it's looking at the activity level and it's going from there. You can then do a little experiment with yourself and you can track your food. There's a number of food tracking apps out there. Um, my fitness pal, I feel like is the most common, but I really like the app Chronometer. Just see how much you're eating in a given day. Are you coming close to the amount that your body needs to just 
support your metabolism based on your energy and your exercise levels. And again, it's more nuanced. People who are dealing with more stress in their life need to eat more. Women who are breastfeeding really need to eat more. So that's why it's important to reach out and get support and work with someone who is credentialed and certified to help you with that. But you can do your own little kind of test to see if you are way off, if you are coming way under eating, work on increasing your portions, work on eating more food, especially if you are dealing with low energy. The next tip is to work on balancing blood sugar to help keep those energy levels stable. So a lot of our energy comes from these spikes, these rises and falls of glucose that we have after we eat. So for example, if we eat something super sugary, we are going to get this big spike and then we are going to get a big plummet. And so obviously when we have that spike, we're going to have energy, think like a sugar high. But then when that plummets, that's when we can feel really tired. And so if we are going long periods of time without eating, that's going to lead to more of that low blood sugar feeling, that lower energy. So an easy tip that I like to give people is just try to eat balanced meals of protein, fats, and carbs every three to four hours. And again, they don't need to be big meals, they can be snacks, but aiming to eat consistently, aiming to eat balanced meals and snacks every three to four hours definitely helps with fatigue. And if you are someone who deals with that afternoon, like two, 3 p.m. slump, try adding in an afternoon snack at that time and that should really help with your energy levels. The next one, again, very nuanced and there's many layers to this, but managing stress. And a big part of managing stress that I share with all of my clients is resting and saying no. <laughs> we do not need to do all the things. I, again, I have struggled with burnout. I have struggled with adrenal insufficiency and sluggish thyroid, you need to say no. You need to put you first and it's okay to start saying no to things that don't serve you. It's okay to rest. It's okay to skip the gym and just do yoga or go for a walk. But managing stress goes a long, long way when it comes to fatigue and our energy levels. The next one is limiting caffeine. And you're probably gonna hate me for that one, especially if you feel like your energy sucks and you need caffeine to get you through. But by increasing and adding all of this caffeine throughout our day, we are just taxing our adrenals even more. And if we're already in this place where our cortisol pattern is out of whack, we definitely don't want to make that worse. So a little bit of caffeine in the morning after you've eaten breakfast is okay, but I would really aim to cut yourself off from caffeine no later than noon so that you're not then affecting your sleep on the back end. And as far as amount goes, again, that's nuanced, but I feel like if everything is working well, if you have a good metabolism, if your thyroid health is in a good place, if your adrenals are in a good place, you should be able to get through the day with just one, one cup of caffeine. You really should not need any more than that. If you do, let's go back and look at these other foundational pieces. The next one is adrenal support. So there's a couple of things to do here. This one is very much so tied with managing stress, but three nutrients that are important for supporting our adrenals are vitamin C and then the, the combination and ratio of sodium and potassium. So that's why if you are familiar with me or you've been hanging around my Instagram page, I talk a lot about adrenal cocktails 
it's because you're giving yourself that dose of vitamin C and then the combination of sodium and potassium at the same time. So adrenal cocktails are a nice little support that you can add in, especially if you are feeling tired. And then the last one is understanding your cycle. And so since I mentioned that it's natural for us to feel a little bit more tired in our luteal phase, it's really cool when we could figure out, okay, I'm about to enter my luteal phase, so maybe I shouldn't make as many plans. Maybe I should have more time that I could just chill and, and get takeout and watch a movie <laughs> instead of going out and being social. So once you really learn to live with the phases of your cycle, and especially when you know specifically how you feel during each phase, you can rest when you need to. You can make plans accordingly based on that. And it's a really, really great thing to be able to live cyclically. So I hope that you're able to walk away with some tips for things that you can start doing to get your energy levels to a good place. And again, if you resonated with any of the things I mentioned today as far as sluggish metabolism, sluggish thyroid, or the cortisol issues, please make sure that you reach out to your doctor and you have conversations and get appropriate testing where needed. And then from there, you get the support that you need after that. So I am happy to have conversations with all of you. I have a mini course called Master Your Metabolism, which really does go over a lot of the things I talked about today, but in more detail and gives you actionable and implementable things that you can really start doing to get your metabolic health to a good place. So I will link that in the show notes, but if you have specific questions about how to work on these things or how to get the support that you need, you can find me on Instagram at your.period.coach, and I would love to hear from you guys in the DMs. All right, thank you so much for listening, and I will see you all in the next episode.